It's time to talk ACC football on the R Lads Football Network for the OFN today. And a little late, but better than ever. Miami Hurricanes and Gary Furman joining us. We were going to do this before the season began. We were not able to put this together but when we wanted to, but I figured, you know what? Let's, let's take a chance. Just in case Miami pulls two and zero, baby. You know the, the the effect is the same, Greg. It, uh, the atmosphere down there must be. Uh, well, you tell me. I, I mean, when was the last time it's been this uh, crazy? Twenty seventeen. Um, wow. I'm sure you and most of your listeners were watching on TV this weekend and uh, Hard Rock Stadium. Even though there were only about forty nine thousand fans there, was rocking. And uh, you know the the. South Florida community has been kind of like a wait and see mode. They they want to see some victories. <laughs> they want to see some good football before they come back out in droves. And that's understandable the way the last several seasons have gone here. Uh, but there's a lot of hope, Greg. Miami has shown up for 2023 and looking good so far. Yes. Uh, it was a huge, huge win. And it really – it's it's you know it just shows you how these week one matchups against – inferior opponents sometimes really just doesn't mean much, even though Miami had struggled against those types of teams over the last few years. Uh, but cause you didn't really see anything resembling offensively what we saw on Saturday. I'm sure they were probably holding some things back, but I have to ask you, of course, let me tell you something, Greg, this year they did it differently. Like normally they would schedule Bethune Cookman or Florida A&M week one. Okay. This year they got Miami of Ohio. And listen, I don't need to tell you, you study all the football sure. teams in America. No one's going to predict them to make, to, you know, to, to, to make the college football playoffs or anything like that. They are a middle of the road Mac team, but they're better than Bethune. They're better than FAMU. To me, that's the baseline of what Miami should schedule. And I thought that playing that game helped prepare them for a real game against Texas A&M, more so than playing Bethune-Cookman would have. I, I, I can't argue with that. And by the way, Miami, actually, the program itself, uh, if you look at it, one of the better MAC programs, actually. I put them above uh, being a middle of the pack. So that was a good uh, team to prepare Texas A&M. Uh, I, I, I have straight off the bat, before I get into anything else, I, the big story really is, is, is Tyler Van Dyke. And what happened to him last year to outside observers was just very strange. And I know he had injuries and there's change of schemes and things of that nature, but this is the guy that everybody thought we were going to see last year. So really what, what was it? Was it just like I said, is it as simple as that or was it, it was, something it else? It was as simple as that. The, uh, you know, Josh Gaddis came in as offense coordinator. There was a complete total disconnect throughout the program with him and the other coaches, okay. the players. Uh, it never clicked. Okay. And uh, it, it took Tyler Van Dyke a while to get his feet wet in that offense. And actually just as he was starting to get it, he had a, he threw for almost 500 yards in North Carolina last year, Greg. And and he's starting to get it, and then he gets hurt. And then the, the injury derailed the second half of the season for him. So he's the same guy. He'll tell you he's even better than he's ever been earlier in his career. Um, but he was totally off the radar in college football. Nobody was expecting anything huh. of him. Yeah. That's changed, Greg. Yeah. He looked pretty good against Texas A&M. Yeah. And now Miami's going to play some significant games here down the road you got clemson you got florida state you got north carolina those are going to be three 
real national attention games here in the next couple months. And Tyler Van Dyke's going to have an opportunity to put himself in a nice position for the NFL draft, assuming that's the direction he chooses to go in, which is what I'm expecting. Yeah, especially after what happened last year. If he has a really good year this year and they and they say, hey, first round, I, I, yeah, he, he'd be gone. We would, yeah, we would but what us. if they don't say first round? What if they say second round or third round? Then maybe then he's he come got back. Yeah. He's got something to think about. Yep. Because he can make a million dollars in NIL money. And it's going to be a really good quarterback class next year. So you might well, just say to yourself, well, maybe I could be the first quarterback in 2025. Correct. And yeah. make a million bucks along the way. Yeah. And improve as your stock and try to win the Heisman. And, there you, go. you know, I mean, listen, I could make the sales pitch to them. My guess is they've already made up their minds. They really want to go in the draft this year, but I'm not so sure that's the best move for him. Uh, we'll see how the rest of this season goes. And speaking of that schedule, and again, I know it's early. But I would have to say, from what I've seen the first couple of weeks of the season, Miami's going to have the cap- – their talent-wise, they could beat – and matter of fact, they – I'm not going to say should, but they, they could beat just about every team on their schedule now, with the exception of that Florida State matchup being the one where you go, okay, now they're playing yeah. maybe a big boy at, here. They're playing at Joe Campbell, yeah. FSU, a hot FSU team. But they won't go there scared, Greg. No, they're, not they, anymore. They, no. They will not go there scared. They, they are going to be – they have the confidence that they can compete with anybody on their schedule. And if you're going to beat this team, you're going to have to play a good ball game. Yeah, so uh, things – it just shows you. I mean, wow, just a couple of years ago, Clemson – uh, I mean, Georgia's like the it's they're like the last dominant team program standing because even Alabama's now all of a sudden back to the pack. Clemson's yeah. back to the pack. So uh, it's really great for the ACC, of course, because People a lot of teams Ohio are getting State will be back to the pack. You know, we'll see. Looks like it's possible. You know, it's possible. I, I would see so. I would say so. You know, th- th- Chris Stroud's gone. You can say what you want about this kid McCord, but he's not Chris Stroud. So, yeah, there's uh, next year you got the whole big – that's why next year Van Dyke does hang around becomes even more interesting because of the 16-team playoff. Now right. you can actually have a lot better of an opportunity of getting yeah. into a situation where we can – hey, maybe I can want to run and win a national championship. So, But first things first, and I know, again, everybody's probably going, all right, calm down, it's one game. But, look, this when you're this starved for success – I understand why there's a lot of people and like us that are thinking ahead. And and one of the things I, I know Nobody wants to calm down down here, Greg. They're fired up down here. See, we, they, we, they're walking around with these uh, orange and green colored glasses, man. I we're, think you should just do the interview like that. Yes. We, uh, we are fired up in Miami. And but no, in, in total seriousness, you're right. People do need to calm down one game at a time. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that I clearly noticed from the, and they had some you know, pretty decent playmakers a few years ago, but it's just such a big difference. I mean, these guys were Strepo. Uh, and then you take a look, of course, of what we saw from Colby Young. I mean, these are like, a, this is a step up. As good as those guys were a couple of years ago, you can just tell these guys are legit. These guys, you're not seeing drop passes from this group. I mean, this group is step up, and that's what you need. So do they have the running game? I know Parrish has looked good. Um, are they a very well-balanced team right now? They are. They, they really are. And the reason is the offensive line. Uh, Shannon Dawson, the offensive coordinator, has been talking about that in the last uh, day or so. Uh, 
you know, they they did a great job rebuilding their offensive line. They went to Alabama and got a starting level guard and Javion Cohen. They went to UCF and got who they think might be the best center in the country in Matt Lee. Um, they signed a couple five stars. One of them is starting at right tackle uh, in uh, Francis Magoa. So uh, they have rebuilt their offensive line, and I'm sure you saw the way it held up against Texas A&M, which brings one of the best defensive lines in the country to the stadium on Saturdays. So um, Oliver Van Dyke didn't get touched the whole game, not once. Did not get touched, uh, which is amazing when you consider that Texas A&M is lining up at five stars all across the front of their defensive line. And um, I'm sure if they could do it all over again, Texas A&M would bring more pressure. And, and try to blitz more guys on Van Dyke. I mean, Van Dyke pretty much had his way sure. in that game. I'm sure they expected to be able to rush the passer better than they did, which is why we didn't see a lot of blitzing in their game plan. Um, but uh, Miami's offensive line has held up very well in the, in the first two games of the year. They ran the ball really well against Miami of Ohio. They still ran for four yards of carry against Texas A&M, but like I said, did not allow their quarterback to get touched uh, in the dropback passing game, and they are really fired up about this offensive line. It has uh, totally revitalized Miami on the offensive side of the football. And the other thing that's important to note is, and, and I don't know how much you tell me, but Cristobal, being an offensive line guy, does he? How much attention does he put? <laughs> oh, oh, only everything. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, Alex Mirabal is the old line coach, but they've been best friends since they were like six years old. Right. And anytime you look at Mario Cristobal, he's over there by the old line. Like that's his baby. Yeah. Uh, and he went out and he recruited these these monsters, and uh, they're going to be good for several years to come here. And they'll keep recruiting elite offensive line prospects. And um, it has turned at the offensive line position at Miami for sure. And yes, that is Mario Cristobal. That is everything to Mario Cristobal. Yeah, uh, you know, the last week or so going into the season and talking about Miami and where they were and doing preview shows and things of that nature, there were still, of course, a lot of doubters. But I think what it was was they were just expecting so much so soon with last year's disappointing season. And it's like, yes. guys, you got to relax. I mean, Cristobal, what made him so perfect for this job is how – great he recruits and you got to give someone who recruits time it doesn't happen overnight yeah no doubt so yeah you're uh, right you're spot on greg you you hit it right on the right on the the head you hit the nail right on the head man yeah i don't know i I don't know how you couldn't have thought that this is going to work out it's 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 a marriage made in heaven and this is just the beginning people, people are desperate for wins here like they're they're desperate to see miami relevant again yeah and they were hoping it would just be snap the fingers and it happens and that's not reality i mean no. at all now did they have to win five games last year probably <laughs> yeah. not no yeah. they maybe could have won six or seven but but uh listen I, it, it happened they went through it and i don't think they're going to be winning five games this year no that's not going to be the case uh i've got to ask you about the status of cameron kitchens He's back with the team. They released him from the hospital the next morning. Uh, I'm guessing he just had a concussion, something along those lines that, you know, just seemed a little bit more severe at the time. So they were taking every precaution. Uh, I wouldn't expect him to play Thursday night against Bethune Cookman. Why why do that? Uh, I don't even even know if we will see him the next week. 
against Temple. But I feel pretty confident that when they get to like the Georgia Tech, North Carolina games, that he'll be back on the field. Yeah, it's perfect bye week for him. So that'll get him ready. No reason to uh, put any anybody like that into harm's way uh, for the next few weeks. Because, again, even Georgia Tech after the bye, it may look like they might be a little bit better, but they're not in Miami's class right now. Uh, but you don't want to mess with that game, so we might see him then. You know, Sure. No, I mean, absolutely. Yes. Especially after the bye. That gives him a whole month basically to recover. And then yes. the North Carolina game is the big one, next big one yep. on the schedule. And with Drake May at quarterback, um, and if Van Dyke keeps playing like this, that's going to be a hell of a matchup. And uh, that's uh, that's going to be on everybody's radar for sure, because once that North Carolina game hits, that is a hell of a four out of five week stretch uh, that is going to be a, a very exciting for the fans uh, with North Carolina, NC State and Florida State on the road. So three yeah. out of those four big games on the road. That's the next step is to show that you can do it on the road. Yep. Now, North Carolina's going to go on the road in two weeks. They got to play uh, at Pittsburgh. That will be a very difficult game for them to win. Uh, Pitt, Pitt's better than people think. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you got to hope that both teams go into that game undefeated and it creates a real showcase. It would be great. Since you, uh, since obviously Miami and the ACC and everybody was uh, surprised with Duke's win. What do you think of, say, Duke, or is there any other team in this ACC so far? Miami, a surprise win. Duke with the surprise win. Um, g give me a few teams, including maybe Duke, that you think are teams that are legit in this conference. I think Pitt is more legit than people think. I think they're, you know, they certainly are legit. I think NC State is capable of beating just about anybody on any given weekend. Um, obviously, North Carolina, obviously, Miami, obviously, Florida State. And I think you still got to respect Clemson to a degree. So, uh, you know, that's like six pretty good teams in the ACC this year. It's a good year for ACC football. Yeah. Well, uh, do, you, uh, do you believe in it all? Like, say, Louisville and Syracuse? I don't. Um, you know, I really don't. But, you know, I think they're the next level down. Well, but Jeff Brom, I'm going to give him time. Maybe it might take him a year or two, but he'll 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 get Louisville back. I mean, he he did wonders at Purdue, so I, I think he'll be able to fix things at Louisville. You know, yep. they were, Satterfield was okay, but that's not what they were expecting when they hired him. Um, are you really were you really surprised at, uh, at at Duke's win? By the way, in the way that they beat Clemson, or was it more disappointing from Clemson's point of view? I mean, it's both. I mean, it's obviously great for Duke, a continuation of what they started last year. Uh, Mike Elko is very quickly becoming maybe the hottest uh, coach in America for what he's doing there. Uh, I don't expect them to be there very long. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I was surprised that Clemson wasn't better than what they were. I mean – you know, do you do you buy into the because everybody's jumping immediately after the loss? Everybody's jumping on the you can't you, you can't do this non-transfer thing that this 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 motto or this creed that he has is like he'll bring a transfer. Yeah, in, okay. But I don't agree with that because I mean I agree the transfer portal has become a big part of college football, and I agree that maybe you know they could have done a 
better job of hitting the transfer portal and supplementing their roster. But you got to understand, Clemson has been recruiting at the upper tiers of yep. the sport for, for many, many years. Yep. So if, if if they're hitting on those guys, they don't need the transfer portal. Yeah. Now, if they aren't hitting on those guys and they're not going to the portal, now you got a problem. And we're going to see if there really is a problem as this season continues to unfold. Yeah, they I always, mean, if they finish nine and three, ten and two, like come on, yeah, like no, you, you, you think they're going to go eleven and zero every year? Yeah. I mean, you know, they still got a lot of very good players on that sure. roster. And I think the thing is really, like you said, they, they're a nine-win team. What's missing is they can be a national championship contender if they find one of those five-star quarterbacks again. They just have had bad quarterback play. Let's just put it that way. The last few years, they get nothing out of the quarterback spot. And this is football. I mean, you it's can't get hard nothing. To find those guys. It is, uh, but they've been missing, and then they also haven't had a lot of uh, help at the receiver position either. Yeah. So. And not everybody that's ranked a five star is really a five star. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of five stars, you mentioned one of them on the offensive line for Miami. And we talked about recruiting for Crystal Ball. So who else? Uh, give us some other players that you think we either see making some contributions this year or next year. Oh, man. Um, well, I mean, you know, obviously, you could, let's just start an offense. Van Dyke is, is an obvious one. Um, all across that O-line, Jalen Rivers is going to probably go in the, into the NFL draft after this year. Javion Cohen is going to probably go into the NFL draft after this year. Um, moving over to defense, you got Akeem Mesador, who, who he's hurt a little bit, but he's a defensive end that I think, you know, you'll see get drafted. Um, is Taylor, I mean, Ta uh, what, what's Taylor's Le upside? Leonard Taylor. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I saw Mel Kuyper said he's going to be number 13 in the draft this year. I mean, he's you, got you a lot. To you don't prove. think so? I think he's got a lot to prove. I don't, I mean, he certainly hasn't played to that level to this point. Okay. I mean, I think I think he's got potential, but he's got to learn to play hard consistently, and he's got to get himself in better condition, you know, to where he can play more reps. Now, now they got, I think, 45 out of them in the Texas A&M game. I thought that was encouraging. Usually he's around 20 to 30. <laughs> um, but uh, he's got a, he's a kid with a lot of potential. I think he's got to grow up. I think he's got to become consistent. Um, I personally would like to see him uh, see this through for another year and just grow up a little bit before he has to go deal with the NFL. Yeah. What about the secondary? We, of course, we just talked about Kinchins and you got James Williams. What's their what's their ceiling? Uh, hi, um, James Williams. Uh, you know, I think it's starting to come together for him. I'm not sure that he won't be a hybrid linebacker okay. in the National Football League. I'm not sure he's really a safety. Uh, they're, they're moving him around quite a bit this year at Miami. So time will tell on that. Uh, but he'll, he'll play on Sundays. There's no doubt about it. I think uh, Kinchins will play on Sundays. Um, no doubt about that either. Um, who's the biggest? Yeah. If you had to take Van Dyke out of the equation, who, who's, who's, the, who's the top NFL prospect on the team right now? Uh, if you asked any scout in the league, they would tell you Leonard Taylor. They're going to tell you Taylor. Okay. Yeah. And who do you think? Um, I think Van Dyke, uh, you know, of, of the guys that uh, that you got to look at here. I mean, so, they so a receiver. clearly Van Dyke and Taylor, they're just above everyone yeah. else. Is yeah, just... but they got a receiver, Colby Young, yeah, that oh, I yeah. think has, he's got a chance to play in the National Football League, I think. It's a big receiver. Um, there's a couple other guys, but um, 
I, I think Van Dyke is a, is a rock solid number two, number three draft pick. And, uh, you know, I don't know that he's Patrick Mahomes, but sure. he, he could be on an NFL roster for a long time, even if it's as a backup. Yeah, you do not have to uh, get drafted in the first round anymore uh, to uh, have an impact in the NFL. No. So, and, no and we're seeing also a lot of the time when you're not drafted in the first round, the best chance you have is experience. And, and the guys that give you three, four years in college, those are the ones that may, and they may be there for three or four years because they're not the, the sexy, oh, I'm really great for a year or two, so let me go quickly in the NFL. But they stay yeah. there for three or four years. They learn. They get experience. And then they pop into the NFL as mid-round, you know, late-round draft picks. And, people, and all of a sudden, wait a second. This guy's not bad after all because he knows a lot of the stuff that these hotshot one-year guys just don't know or can't handle just yet. I mean, yep. just took a Brock Purdy at San Francisco right now. So, uh, several examples of that happening lately in the NFL, and I think that's great for the league. They could use all the quarterback play that they can get. All right. So, um, and as far what's uh, I want to lastly leave you to because uh, um, you mentioned um, so is it pronounced Mount is it pronounced uh, Mauanoa? Mauagoa. Mauagoa. And yeah. tell me, uh, besides Mauagoa, uh, are there going to be any more freshmen that are going to make any kind of impact this year? Uh, yeah, there's two that, that'll play a lot. There's a Samson Okanola. He was also a five-star offensive tackle coming out of high school. The difference between him and Mauagoa is that he played in Massachusetts, where the level of high school football is not even close not even in the stratosphere of what Magoa saw at IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. Okay. Um, so Magoa shows up on campus much more ready to play right away. And then there's another one, uh, Matthew McCoy, who's coming up, who's going to be a very good offensive lineman as well. And then they got a couple young kids. Uh, I keep an eye on a kid by the name of Tommy Kinsler. He's a true freshman. I think, you know, in the next year or so, you'll see him start to emerge. And what does he play, Kinsler? He's an offensive lineman as well. Oh, so they're all offensive linemen. Cristobal yep. knows what he's doing with that group. That's for sure. That was the focal point of recruiting last year. No doubt. Well, that's uh, that's smart. I mean, it's football. You got to win at the trenches. And that's why Cristobal Shannon Dawson, the offensive coordinator, Greg, said that in his career, he had never seen an offensive line play the way the Miami offensive line played on Saturday against Texas A&M. That's very encouraging. How about that? You can win a lot of football games doing that. I mean, Jim Harbour yeah. learned his lesson a couple of years ago. He had yeah. a, he had to get a, a, an almost fired uh, uh, kind of remembrance about how 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 he used to win football games, and that's, that's where it starts in the trenches. So yeah. uh, anyway, it's great to see Miami win. I always think it's great for college football when the but especially the Florida teams and and for it to happen possibly in the same year that Florida State and Miami can get relevant again on the national stage. Uh, that's just terrific. I think and, it's happening. We'll yeah. see. Miami's got to just one game at a time. Yeah, and I think that uh, next year is going to be even better. I know a lot of people – there are some people, some purists aren't into the whole playoff thing, but I think it's going to be the biggest thing in sports next year when they go to 16 teams. But we have four yeah, this year. Yeah. Huh? We, yeah, we have four this year. So uh, we'll see if Miami can make a case for uh, for getting in. Uh, they've got one in the bank, 
beating an SEC team. <laughs> that's happening a lot, but we'll see. Yeah, we do. Have, yeah, long way to go before that. Uh, that that's you know part of the game, but I'm sure there are a lot of fans dreaming as well. They should. That's that's their job to dream and have fun and enjoy it. So, Gary, appreciate it. I look forward to talking again. Hey, if it's going to be a really successful season, I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk at least for a few more times. All righty, Greg. Looking forward to it. By the way, do you have a, a regular show you're doing right now? Uh, yeah, well, we are, we do shows every day at canesport.com. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, anybody who wants to come check us out, it's uh, C-A-N-E-S-P-O-R-T.com. And um, we've got tons of content, great uh, deals for new subscribers, and uh, we'd love to have any football fans or Miami fans come join our community. Yeah, I am definitely going to uh, leave a few links in the description area uh, for people to check that out for sure. So uh, while you're uh, finishing watching this broadcast, you can go ahead and check that out. Click that on your way out. So, uh, Gary, appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again. Maybe, uh, who knows, maybe before the North Carolina game. All righty, Greg. Take care. Thank you.